What up, y'all? Welcome back to the Don't Fret podcast. My name is D. Fretter. I'm a poet and spoken word artist from just outside of Vancouver, BC, Canada. One of my favorite things to do is sit down with another creative and have a conversation about what they do, why they do it, mental health, self-love, and other things like that. This is a podcast where I have those conversations, record them, and then share them with you. Before we get into the episode, it would mean the world to me if you would hit the subscribe button. Not only will that ensure that you never miss another episode, but it'll also help expand the show. This week on the podcast, I talked to Angela Montoya, author of the upcoming YA romance fantasy novel Sinner's Isle, which is available October 31st of 2023. And we get into how she got into writing. We talk about imposter syndrome and our creative process and just kind of philosophize about writing and, and talk about how we're both kind of scared of bad reviews and stuff like that. It's a really good conversation. Angela is super sweet and really good to talk to. So I enjoyed recording this episode. I hope you enjoy listening to it. And without further ado, let's get on with it. So one of like usually people start telling me like how they grew up or whatever. But before we get into that, I just got to say that as far as I'm concerned, you're the funniest person on book talk. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm going to take that. I, I accept. Wow. That's a huge honor. Now, I, thank you. Like I saw this video of you just talking about how you enjoy beta reading and you were making like some faces to convey your enjoyment. And I was like, this person's funny. Um, and I, I, were you a theater kid ever, or did you do stand up at some point, like in college or something like that? Because you're very like animated, and you know, like you're you're just you're a funny person. So I'm just curious, like, where does that humor come from? You know, like, you know, I like to I'd like to thank childhood trauma for <laughs> all this. Um, <laughs> I'd like to thank all the uh, shit my parents put me through. Um, no, I, I wanted to be a theater kid. I really did, but I was always moving and kind of like all over the place. I think it just stems from being very annoying as, as a child and still as a human and, um, and kind of focusing it in, trying to pull it in and then, you know, like let it out in a humorous way. Um, but no, I like, I've always loved theater and, and comedy and all just all of it and um my my uncle's an actor you know it's kind of in the blood i suppose and so um it just it just comes forth and and always usually in the the most inappropriate ways and like at times you know where things are very like serious we're talking about a serious thing and my brain just like for some reason goes say something funny and I always try like it just comes out and it's not funny and it just gets really uncomfortable so um so TikTok has helped me try to like hone it in a little bit and mm. so I appreciate you saying that <laughs> because um I, I find so much joy in just making anybody laugh or smile or any of that so it's kind of like my whole goal with being on social media is just to laugh and um and so it seems like it's working so thank you yeah I would, I would definitely say that it's working i think yeah i like i see a lot of you know other creators being silly and not taking themselves too seriously but not in the authorial space that you occupy 
And so I think you kind of have like a unique presence within book talk, author talk, writer talk, whatever you want to call it, uh, because you're, you know, like almost reparenting and giving your your younger self that opportunity to be comedic and theatrical and do these dances and poke fun at yourself and share the highs and lows of the writing process and the publishing process and all these things. And I think, I think it's great. Well, thank you. You know, and I think also for me, it's one of those things where, and and maybe it's also stemming from an insecurity in a way of, I never feel like it's imposter syndrome, 100% where I don't necessarily feel like I belong with these, you know, with these authors. I don't belong in the space of like, let me give you advice on how to write, you know, let me tell you all these tips and tricks. Um, I, it's just my brain that's like, not, nope, 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 we, we're not there yet. Let's at least give a side that you do understand. And that is the highs and lows of kind of what you're going through at that moment. And so I can only like meet people where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And so I'm still learning and I'm still growing. And so I'm just like shedding that light of like, beta readers i know i know about beta readers because <laughs> i've been through many and i've you know read for many and um and querying and going on submission and the highs and lows so i like i get those things but i don't feel like i have the authority at this time to give those like deep author tips of like plot and structure um because i still i still need to learn every single day and even as i've written you know multiple books and I'm still I'm still pretending that I know what I'm doing and I feel like I forget every time I start a new book so yeah yeah I um I heard V.E. Schwab Victoria Schwab uh say that we don't get better at writing we just get better at calling ourselves out so that still pretending thing kind of kind of reminds me of the same thing of like yeah I don't know what I'm doing a lot of the times like um, I'm a spoken word artist as well as like an author and a poet and all this stuff. And I, I get asked for like performance coaching and stuff like that. And I'm always like, yeah, sure. I can do that. And then I get there. I'm like, oh, I have no idea how to tell you how to perform. I'm just like, I just do it. You know, um, yeah. you know, honestly, guys, I wish I had advice. Cause then I'd give it to me. Um, right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that imposter syndrome like do I belong in this space question I I do that all the time like I've made a bunch of TikToks where I say like I think I've weaseled my way into like right next to book talk and one of my mutuals DM me was like when are you gonna stop fucking say that and just like you're on book talk like you're a book talker now like just deal with it and I'm like oh I don't know it's just like I don't think I'm like smart enough to be on book talk it's like fuck you dude and then they just didn't talk to me for like a day or two and I was like all right cool just ended oh. a mutual ship that's unfortunate but they came back they always do yeah that hits hard though I feel that all the time I feel like I'm not smart enough to be doing this and like I bamboozled my way somehow into this and then I I keep having well I keep luckily having friends remind me and then I remind myself like no no bitch you belong here you put in the work and like and I don't know if it's just a you know, you see, you see the greats and the greats don't always look like us or don't have the backgrounds that we have. And so it's one of those things where you're like, well, how, how do I get to that status? But we're not on the same playing field. 
And so we're learning in different ways and we're getting there in different ways. And, and I really am grateful that I do get to like be where I'm at and represent who I represent. And, um, and it's a beautiful thing. And it's, it's, it's really special today. I received a book and it was my grandfather's, like, it was like a book about his artwork and he was a poet and he was, you know, a writer and all of these things. And I was just thinking like, you know, he came from nothing. They came, you know, came from Mexico working in the fields. And as a boy, he thought, fuck this. I do not, <laughs> this is not the life for me. And so he did whatever he could to go to school and, and learn. And he used his poetry. He used his, his mouth to like further the arts and to like represent Chicanos. And, um, and so like, I just feel like this, like anytime I feel like a little bit down and like, you don't belong here. You know, I look at his pictures and I'm like, no, you know, he did this. I can do it too. And I can do it in my own way because I'm a young adult fantasy romance <laughs> writer. I'm not out here talking about the struggles of Chicano life, but, but I'm still representing in my own way. And so, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's really, really imposter syndrome kicks our ass all the time and then it's just like struggling and fighting through it and being like hell no we deserve to be here and we belong man that was they got me for a second there damn that was beautiful <laughs> that's great like thank you for sharing that and and i guess like shout out to your grandfather you know wherever he at shout out yeah <laughs> who knows i i i hope i hope he made it up the <laughs> wild man i hope he's in good in a good place well, he, he sounds like a good dude, so. Yeah, yeah. You know, I that's a little above my pay grade, but, you know, I'm <laughs> feeling pretty good about him. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so you mentioned in, in there that you've written multiple books. So when did you, when did you decide you wanted to be a writer, I guess? So on it was one of those weird things where I never thought about it. I never thought it was something that I, people did you know like it was just like like I've talked about my family they always write but it wasn't ever a, a like I'm an author it was you know we speak we speak poetry we're actors we're this or that but it was I never just thought oh well I could do it too mm. um and so one day my partner and I had just bought our our house and so I stopped working and I we because it's like this five acre property so there's so much to do and, and then I just sort of lost my way, like personally, because I was a, a preschool teacher. So we, it was always really fun. And we were always like in artwork and like doing stories. And so I was kind of just like, I was a dancer. And so I was, I stopped all that. And I didn't know what to do with creatively. Mm -hmm. And so my partner was like, well, you love to read your family writes. Like, why don't you try writing? And so like in 2017, like on a February afternoon, I stole his laptop. I didn't even have my own. And actually it's the laptop I still have. Um, so shout out to you, Armando. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and I just started like clacking away at just this random story idea. And it was so bad, but I just kept going and just like enjoying the process of just like writing whatever came to mind. 
And so I ended up finishing it probably a year later. And, um, but I was obsessed by that time. And so I finished it and then I started learning the craft a little bit. So I went back, I revised and then I started querying and I, you know, I had some luck with in the query trenches, um, not enough because I didn't get an agent. And so I stopped, I put that book on the shelf and um, went back and started reading and learning about craft more. And so like, I just gobbled up anything I could learn. And then a story kind of came to me and I, you know, I, I sort of plotted it out, but I pantsed my way through it and it ended up turning into something that would eventually become Sinner's Isle, the book, my debut novel. And so with that, I got into a mentorship program and that really shaped a lot of how I write and just like understand craft and like plot structure. Um, and then I found my agent and then we went on sub. And so, um, and so after that, I, I during that process, cause it's a really like mentally taxing time because you're constantly checking your emails. You're like, you're thinking this, this might not work out. I put all this work into this book and it, it could just vanish. It could just die right here on submission to editors. And, um, and so, you know, the advice is always like, well, just keep writing, you know, keep going. And I really, and I tried, I was just like writing random stories. It wouldn't hit, but I just kept writing different things and waiting, but nothing clicked. And so I've, I've written at least, at least a million uh, <laughs> at least a million chapters of all different stories. Um, but none of them worked. And I think cause I just wasn't mentally there. I was, I was in a, in a bad state of constantly worry. I was constantly worried about Sinner's Isle. And so we ended up selling Sinner's Isle luckily. And, and it was part of a two book deal. So they bought Sinner's Isle and then a second book that I didn't have. A second book that they didn't, there was there was no second book. It was pretend. Um, so once we really got far enough into edits with Sinner's Isle, I had to go back and start getting pitches ready to sell basically for the second book. And I, I had five different ideas. Um, the first two I sent, I was like, they're going to, obviously they're going to want more Sinner's Isle. They're going to want more in that world. And, um, and they're like, well, maybe like down the line, if it takes off, we can, you know, but we don't know how it's going to go. So let's, let's come up with a whole new world. And so I was like, okay, I can do this. I got this. And, and so I, I watched Zorro. And like, like all amazing people do. And I was like, why? I want more of this, like cheesy, fun, like fantastical, just out there storylines, right? And so I started writing this a pitch about kind of like a gender bent Zorro, but with vampires. I'm in. Like, right? Instead of like fighting, uh, I don't know, I think it would be like, maybe the Americans or the Spaniards or whatever it was, um, you know, there, there's this gender bent Zorro and she is going after a vampire. So she's a vampire hunter. Fuck yeah. And that's 
that's what my that's what my editor said. She said, yes, that's the one. And so so I was excited. I was so pumped about it that I outlined it really fast. And and then we tweaked it and and it and it shifted into like the star crossed lovers idea where uh the male main character is in fact a vampire. Um and then she is this hunter. And so, you know, they collide and the worlds collide. And it's more or less about we're all monsters kind of in our own way. Mm. And you know, it's like, what do you do with that? You Do you choose to let it go and be that monster or be better and like kind of change generational mm. situations? So, so I wrote that. So that's... Uh, my third book and then now i'm working on something completely different and um and it's a whole different thing because it's my first like actual adult novel and it's really fun i'm really happy that's good (laughs) that's good yeah i got a youtube comment from somebody who said that the kind of books that they like to write everybody hates and but everybody likes the books that they hate to write. So they just write the books they hate. And I, I read that like nine times and I was like, I don't think it's worth it then dog. Like, yeah. you know, like everybody dislikes their job. Sure. But if your job is writing books, like if it's something that fantastic, you should enjoy what you're writing, you know, like, yeah. and that, yeah. it like bummed me out. So I'm, I'm, it, I'm glad that you're having fun. And it sounds to me like, this writer's journey started from you rediscovering play because you kind of lost play in your life when you, you know, you just bought this property and a lot of stuff to do, stop being the teacher and all that stuff. And you're just like, uh, where's my kind of like, yeah, where's my discovery? Where, how am I following my curiosity? I'm not really. And then you start writing and, and here we are, you know, like, you know, this no. is your debut year, October 31st, your birthday. Yes. I've been listening. Yes, I've you been have. Attention. My goodness. Thank you. Yes. October 31st, Sinners Out comes out, my birthday, birthday treat. Um, and yeah, that's what I just want to go into this year, this debut year of just like celebrating and having fun. And yes, I know bad reviews will come. People will hate it. And they have every right. Um obviously they have bad taste, but they have every (laughs) right to feel how they feel. Um, But I just want to go into it because with this mindset of being grateful and, you know, and and enjoying every little moment. And I don't want to forget it. I often do because I'm so focused on like, okay, I got to keep going, got to keep working, but I want to remember to enjoy these moments because who knows what's coming next who knows how life is. We've all been through chaos these last few years. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, I, I've got to, I've got to take this time to celebrate because there's so much bad in the world that like, I need to focus on some good. And so yeah. it's time to celebrate. Absolutely. And uh, you know, there's always got to be time for joy and yeah. you know, you're in a position like you're, I don't know. I sorry. The word I was gonna say made it sound a little condescending. I'm like, oh, I don't want to say it that way. But like, there's a bunch of people who wish this was their debut year, and it is yeah. your debut year this year for you. You know, like you, 
you did the, you know, you queried, you got an agent, the book got by, you got a two book deal. Those are dope things. So to not celebrate them, I think would be kind of like a middle finger to the the powers that be that put you in that position. So that's good. That's That's how I feel. I love that. And then also, like you said, people want to be in this position. So like to remember I was that person last or, you know, a year and a half ago, like watching my friends get their book deals and be like, Oh, okay. It's coming. Like, you know, so, so yes, like taking this time and just being grateful and, and it it is, it's so special. And so, and any book, any book that's being birthed into the, to the world, you know, indie Mm -hmm. publishing, trad publishing, however it comes out, like it's something to celebrate because it's such a labor of love. It's Mm -hmm. so hard. It's so hard to write a book and to edit a book and to get it out there. So if you're doing it, celebrate yourself any way you can. I can confirm listeners, uh, putting out a book is really hard. Um, (laughs) I would almost say don't do it, you know, but I know that you won't listen if you're, you know, a writer already. Um, yeah, yeah, no, those, (laughs) those bad reviews though, those are terrifying. Um, I was just watching, do you know, do you know who Mari is on book talk? I'm not sure. Um, I, I mean, like if I saw the picture, you know, the face. After, yeah. Know. Yeah, for sure. Um, does a lot of, she's a book reviewer, you know, I think she's Afro Latina. Oh yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. She was just, um, she was doing a de-influencing video where she's like, these are books and authors that I just don't think you need to waste your time and money on. And number one was one of my favorites. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, this is instilled a new, like, worst nightmare for me that my novel will eventually end up in, like, her video or something like that. I'm like, please, no one ever let her know it exists. You know, once once my novel's coming, I'm just going to block her on everything. Same with Reads with Rachel. It's like, I don't care if people don't like it, but, like, I've heard them negatively review books enough that I'm like, I don't even, I don't think I can even handle the idea of them getting their hands on it. <laughs> no, no. It's scary as hell. So it's scary. So, dude. Like I, right now I have, um, we're starting blurbs. So we're sending mm. out Sinner's Isle to like authors that I idolize to possibly mm you know, give a little blurb, a little like yeah. thumbs up. Um, and it scares, it scares the shit out of me because it's like, I'm looking at these authors and I'm like, they're perfect. They're amazing. Mm. Um, I, and so it's this weird thing of like, we write these books, we want to publish them, but don't read them. Like yeah. just, <laughs> just buy them, put them on the shelf say you love it. Don't even, don't read it. It's okay. You know, my feelings won't get hurt if you buy the book and and you've never read it. It's fine. You know? So like, I feel like I used to want to be like, well, a well-known, like on social media, popular and like have my book everywhere. But now I'm like, actually I'm good. (laughs) don't, Don't know me. Don't see me. Pretend I don't exist. Um, but yeah, the the bad reviews scare me because it's it's gonna happen mm-hmm. absolutely. And like, there's even things in my book now where I'm like, oh, I should have changed it. I know I should have done this differently. 
but it's we're already past that point where I can't yeah. change. And so it's like, like if I'm already thinking like, yeah, that part's not that great. Like I can only imagine what like what readers will say. So I don't want to imagine. I'm just gonna pretend. You know, I'm just gonna hide. I think when the book comes out, I just, just and run away. <laughs> just just have your party for one. And uh, what's that? Can't hear you. Too busy turning up. That's it right there. Yeah. Shoot. Break out oh. that author's pinata. I don't know what'd be an author's pinata, but you know. Be something yeah, cool. Like something really, really cool. Yeah. Probably like that. Something I'd have to think about. Something it, dope. But... Yeah. Yeah. I um so a book talker got a hold of my collection of poetry because that's like what I have out right now is I have an indie published collection of poetry. Um and I have like a couple more that are coming out, you know. Well, I have one more coming out this year and then another da, 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 da. um and this book talker was like this book needs more reviews on Goodreads. And I was like, oh. don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, cause you know, I like people on Amazon, the 20 people on Amazon that have reviewed it have been very kind. And I'm like, Oh, that's nice. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm like, the further it goes, the more someone's going to be like, it's pretty dumb that he's like blaming his mom for all of his mental issues, even though I'm not, or like, mm -hmm. I think it's kind of cringy how he equates being adopted to being a ninja turtle. Ugh. And I'm like, oh, that's going to hurt so bad. Yeah. Like if it ever, like obviously as authors, we don't really go into review spaces. Well, I don't. I don't go into review spaces about me. Um, but uh, except he ta they tagged me. So that time it was fine. But generally, I think authors should stay out when people are talking about their books. But yeah, yeah, no. Bad reviews are kind of scary, for sure. Run, hide, stay away. Yeah. Don't need to be there. We don't, for, just for our own mental health, mm -hmm. we don't need to be in those reviewers' spaces. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's true. Like, even when you see your favorite book yeah. getting a harsh review, you're like, what? Yeah. How dare you? And it's not even your shit. It's not your book, but you're yeah. still like, bitch, no, you're wrong. But, yeah. you know, so it's, and, I and again, that's a good thing because everybody has their thing. Everybody has their own perspective. And so it is a beautiful thing that mm -hmm. one person can love something so much and another one's like, this is trash. Chuck it away. Yeah. Um, so um, I try to remember that where it's like, okay, we're all our own humans. We're all, it's all subjective. Totally. I, I got, I got bad. Um, you know, Natalia Hernandez. Yeah. Yeah. Someone was reviewing her book and there were, it was generally a positive review. And then even a couple of critiques. And I was like, how dare you? That's a friend of mine. Yes. <laughs> okay. We'll talk that big boy talk up here in Vancouver. We'll see what's really hood then. And I'm like, yes, yeah. ready to square up. And I'm like, calm down D. They just said that it's a little too descriptive. Natalia has said that it's too descriptive, you know, like chill. Um, but yeah. So like, you um have you read the creative act a way of being by rick rubin no i think i should i mean i'm not gonna tell you what you should or shouldn't do you know okay. like you're a grown-ass woman live your life um it's got it's basically like rick rubin the producer just kind of sharing his philosophies on living life as a creative person as an artist and all that stuff and it's a bunch of like little thoughts here and there that i thought were pretty cool 
And he was talking about how some of the greatest singers of all time have like these decades long careers and they never get rid of their stage fright. Mm. They're never like free from their own self doubt. And I think that that's something that all artists, not just like singers and authors specifically, but like all artists kind of forget is that like that fear of negative reviews or that like, I'm not smart enough to be in this business or whatever. That's just kind of like part of who that's part of being human, I think. Yeah. And we forget that so often, or we think we're the only one or something like that. And it's just, it's good to remember, like even like, you know, maybe even Neil Gaiman or somebody that we consider like at the top of the author food chain has days where like, I don't know what I'm doing. What, what even is book? You know, pages, huh? I don't know. I don't know. That's a bad Neil Gaiman impression, probably. But um, just it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. <laughs> but you know what? I've you, never you heard know. him talk. So, oh, I think he's um, is he British? I think I just I just started his master class. I think. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. No, and that's what I love. Honestly, I love hearing like the top dogs saying that stuff because it's like okay, if if this god of the writing world is saying, hey, I get I get this like feeling of, I don't know what the hell I'm doing some days too. Then I'm like, okay, oh, breath, you know, like take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. We're all in this human state, like yeah. you said, just like constantly second guessing ourselves. And I think that's, something writers in particular need because we do have to look back at our work and, and critique it ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so kind of being in this state of like, is it, is it not is also a really good thing because if you just think your book is so great, you're never going to, you're never going to change it and tweak it as it probably needs to be changed. Because with my first book that I queried, and I didn't get anywhere after I wrote it and like fixed it. I thought, oh, my gosh, like I'm getting movie deals like this thing. <laughs> this thing is going place like I was just like there. No one has ever written something this good. <laughs> um, that's that was not the case. <laughs> it was bad. But if I wasn't able to um, remove that ego and and understand that, no, <laughs> And to be able to second guess things and to listen to critiques, I would have never gotten to where I'm at today. Mm-hmm. And I'm still obviously learning. I have so much to learn, but but hearing that the greats are also saying, I still have to learn is so beautiful and refreshing to hear. And that's why I like listening to Masterclass mm-hmm. Um because it does, they do interview a lot of those like big dogs yeah. and, and then listening to them like, well, I started with this story and I tried, but it just wasn't working. So I had to scrap it all. And I'm like, thank goodness, yeah. <laughs> because I've got to do that too. And so I don't feel as bad if they're doing it. It's okay. For sure. Yeah. I, um, I can kind of relate. Cause like, I guess I don't have like an auth- authorial hero, but first time I ever performed poetry, which is like what I'm known for now. Um, and I'm like a slam poet and stuff. Uh, the first time I ever performed was for my hero, Grammy 
uh, nominated multi platinum songwriter, National Poetry Slam champion. Wow. Uh, yeah, big deal. And uh, first time I'm ever reading poetry out loud is for this dude. And wow. I'm freaking out. And I said, like, oh, I'm sorry for being awkward. I'm just a little starstruck. And he's like, oh, don't be starstruck. I'm just some fucking dude. And I was like, yeah, but you're the fucking dude. Yeah. And he, yeah. Was, he was like, nah, man, we're all the fucking dude. And, mm. you know, to hear someone who's accomplished, like, he's managed to figure out how to do the things I want to do. And he's done them so well. And he's had all these accolades. And he's like, yeah, I'm just some fucking dude. I don't know. Um, and then later on, we were having like kind of a mentoring session, like a year later. Um, I'm asking for some advice. And I said, like, hey, like, remember these times that you said these things? Um, what about, have you ever questioned these things or whatever? Or like, you said this one time and, and then now you're saying this. And I'm just a little confused. And he was like, D, stop listening to me, man. Hmm. I'm just some guy like you can figure it out. You'll find your own way. And I was like, damn. See, if I stop listening to you, then I have to, then I'm listening to you. If I stop, li he's like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Overthinking. We're yeah. overthinking this. <laughs> yeah. I'm everyone's annoying younger brother, unless I'm older than you, in which case probably not. Then I'm just annoying. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. <laughs> you know who you need to have on and speak to is my friend Hannah Sawyer because she does slam poetry as well. Dope. And she is a powerhouse. She has a book coming out this year as well. Um, I think it's All the Fighting Parts is what it's called. And it's written in verse. And she's, you two would get on so well. She is, she is power and magic in human form. Cool. Um, how do you spell that? So Hannah, I think it's H-A-N-N-A-H, and then Sawyer with two R's at the end. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna creep through your Instagram or your TikTok or something. Yeah, I'm gonna find her. Do it for sure. I'll just be like, hey, Angela says we'd be homies. Wanna be on my podcast? And then I'll get left on red and be like, that's fine. That's cool. That's whatever. <laughs> Came on too strong. That's my I will bad. make it happen for you. I will make it happen. No, I appreciate that. That'd be cool. That'd be dope. Um, yeah, I'm always happy to talk to... Well, I'm, I'm happy to talk to anybody. I'm just happy to talk, honestly. That's good. That's, That's why good. I have this podcast. Yeah, it's the perfect thing. It's perfect for you. Yeah, it's great because um, before I had this podcast, I would just start talking at my wife about all these like philosophies on creativity and mental health and shit. And she'd be like, dude... No, I'm too tired. I, I worked today, you know, um, okay. or it's five in the morning and I just woke up and I don't oh. have the energy for it. You monster. And I'm like, oh, sorry. You are a monster. You belong <laughs> in that room with the microphone. Yes, I agree. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, she questioned the microphone and the fancy arm for it. And I was like, no, no, this is for you. This keeps you safe, you know? Let oh, the internet have it, you know? There, speak into that mic. <laughs> yeah. Um, or the little headphones when I'm on TikTok, but, you know, whatever. Um, how do you find navigating, like, like balancing? Because you have, do you have three kids? I have two. two well, kids. if you include my partner, yes, three. I didn't but... say that. I didn't, I didn't, that's, you know, if, if, <laughs> if he listens, I didn't imply that. That's not me, you know? He knows. He knows. Uh -huh. 
He needs his own microphone as well. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Maybe uh, he can jump on, you know? Was <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's because he's not a reader. A write, like he is not in the creative, his brain is not there. And so it's always funny. Like when I'm talking about these things, he's like, okay. So like, say if like, he, he just doesn't get any of it. And, <laughs> and it's really funny. So he, he humbles me in that sense of yeah. like, okay, so you got a, you got a, a, a deal. What does this mean exactly? I'm like, how do you not know this? Everyone knows this. Um, but yeah. Not everybody. <laughs> yeah. My, our partners are like, we, this is a similar dynamic going on here. That's great. I, the first time I ever won a slam, like it was like my third time slam and I came in first place. I came home and I was like, I came in first place in a slam. And she's just like, Hmm. Nice. Yeah. All right. Yeah. This is me doing. Uh, chop, chop. I was like, okay. Not a winner in this house. All right. That's yeah. Cool. She's like, you want first place? Get them dishes. I'll give you a first place trophy. <laughs> um, but yeah, navigating like social media, balancing like, you know, you're a mom of three or two, yeah. depending yeah. on how you want right. to look at it. Um, and do you, do you do like another job as well as being an author? No. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And luckily, like it because it's I work with like our family company. So okay. if there's things that I have to do, like for yeah. writing, I can luckily like switch things around if I oh, if I nice. have. Yeah. Um. So I'm very lucky and, and blessed in that sense that if I have a tight deadline. I can be like, hey, can I do this later? Mm -hmm. You know, or, or whatever. So I'm very privileged in that sense. But yeah, I have my two kids. I have a 15 year old and a 13 year old. Wow. And I know, I know. I don't know how it happened. It's weird when I'm only 21. But um, so I, I it's surprised. Don't be surprised. That's wild. It's weird. Um, but so I have them and then we have our five acres and, um, and writing and being on social media. So to answer how I balance it, the, like the short answer is I don't, I mm. don't balance it well. I am barely doing everything. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm barely like getting dishes done. So I'll just get up early in, in, I'll get up early, like five in the morning and if I, if my brain is up, I will write as, as long as I can until I have to wake up one kid. And then while they're in the shower, I get all my chores done as fast as I can. And then I get the other kid up. Mm. And so like, I'm constantly just like bouncing around from thing to thing. And social media is such a big part of my life. Like I, I love it. It's really fun for me. Um, especially cause I'm, I'm actually really rather introverted. And so to be hmm. on screen and do social media is so easy, so much easier for me because I could do it and then I could put it away and I can come back when I'm mentally ready to engage because mm. yeah, um, okay. I'm not always there. So like if I see a bunch of comments and my like I see them and I'm like, okay, I got to get to them. But right now I my brain is not ready. Um, like she's just, she's just not focusing. So I will like, I'll see him and I think, okay, I'm going to get back to him when I have a few minutes. And, and usually, so it's like, after I finish a chore, I'm like, okay, I'll get on here real quick, type some like comments back and like 
watch other people's things and, you know, network. Mm -hmm. And, and then when I've had my fill of social interaction, I shut it down and I go and work again. And so, um, but it, it works for me because it's kind of the only way I know how to socialize in 2023. Mm. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, kind so, of. Yeah. Well, yeah, right. I'm sure you're, you're not so much on that end, but no. yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, um... And, and, I, I love that. Like, I wish I could be out and about, but I just am not that girl. That's fine. And, I'll be that girl. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, you be that girl. I'll be here yeah. and uh, you live it for me. And, and I, and I love it. But uh, this year I, I will be going out and going to book signings and like Ooh. friends are having books coming out. Um, so I'm charging up, yeah, I'm charging, for sure. getting ready. Um, but yeah, so, so I just, I balance however I can. And then when I feel like I'm, I'm messing up in one area, I'll pull back from something mm. else and really focus on that. And so, I mean, luckily the kids are older. Yeah. So like, they don't care to be around me. Like they, they don't want to see me. So like, you know, unless we'll watch a show together or like hang, but for the most part, like I am not who they want to see. Um, and so it works out rather nicely that <laughs> is handy, you know? Yeah. 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 And then when like they have things to do, um, I always just bring my computer and I'll sit in a coffee shop and wait for them to finish their, you know, yeah. Whatever it is. So Practice like, I'm just always, whatever. I'm just always pulling from all different times and, um, I'm just juggling. Some things fall to the wayside, yeah. uh, you know, but it's life. life. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like even if you don't feel balanced, you at least are self-aware enough to know what works for you and how you're going to work. So I think that while you may not feel balanced, you're still managing as best yeah. you can with all these things on your plate, which is, sounds like a lot. So props. <laughs> Thank um, you. Do you ever I feel like the I feel like the answer is yes, but you do you ever experience like burnout with all these things on the go? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean absolutely. And I it feels like during after certain things, like we I was in that mentorship that I, I mentioned yeah. and it was so intense. It was like three or four months of hardcore revisions going back and forth. And at the end of it, it was like this big showcase where agents can look at your stuff. So it was yeah. like a lot of pressure. And after that, oh my gosh, I I had like a breakdown of like, okay, this is it. Like if I just did all of this, it could be for nothing. I just worked my ass off. It could have been for nothing. And I just like broke. Mm. And, um, and so I tried to avoid those sort of situations where I put all this pressure on myself. Mm. Because really it wasn't even such a big deal but right. i put such a big deal on it and yeah. so um i think for me it's kind of like to avoid break like those breakdowns or like that burnout sort of feeling is i always just kind of go back to my why and mm, to yeah. you know, just understanding why am i doing this why am i constantly active and like thinking of story and thinking of podcasts and yeah. just like, why am I doing all this? And it's because I want my stories to be heard for the 
I want the right person to get to it. Yeah. And so with bad reviews, it it's not going to hit everybody. No. But but it's going to reach a certain audience, and they're going to see themselves in them in that book or in a character um, or in the theme of the story, and it's going to affect them even if it's just for a day. Mm-hmm. It, it just gives them a little bit of joy, a little bit of like. I'm escaping from this world. I've done what I was hoping to do. And so just remembering the the why always kind of helps me ground myself mm. in everything. Like even just in life, you know, it's like, ugh, I have to wash the dishes, <laughs> which I really hate. But there's a reason, right? We need to eat. And so it's like all these little things of like, okay, yes, I have to put laundry away. But if I don't, you know, mm. we're wearing the same chonies for a week and we don't want that so you know just focusing on the why really does help for me sounds like somebody's read big magic by elizabeth gilbert you know i have (laughs) you know i have yes i have (laughs) yeah it's dope that's dope Yeah. yeah there's a lot of really cool ideas in that book and i i tell a lot of people like younger poets and stuff it's weird like even though i haven't been doing it that long I've been kind of cast into a, a few people's like, I'm like their mentor now or something. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I always, I'm like, why do you want to win? Or like, why do you get up there and perform? Like, what's it for? You know? Cause if you're not clear about that, if you're not clear about why you're doing it. The second it gets difficult, you lose sight of what you're doing. And you know, it's, it's easy to get distracted by the failures or by the, the short-term goal or for the validation or the gratification and you forget the big why of like, you know, for us storytellers, we're really at the end of the day, we're seeking connection with the right people. You know, we're looking for, we're looking to be known and to know, you know, either through fiction or through poetry or whatever. That's at the end of the day, it was what us writers are trying to do. Um, and we forget that sometimes when we're like, oh, I want to get published or I want to get picked up. I want the movie deal or I want the Goodreads award or whatever. This is me not knowing what accolades are in the book world. So I'm just like throwing shit out. You're hitting out it. You're hitting it right now. You got Sweet. it. Dope. Okay. So you talked about not wanting like the movie deals or like the big success and yet you are still kind of like doing the author promo game and stuff like that. Is that... Is that a weird thing for you to reconcile? Like yeah. kind of you simultaneously don't want to be like a literary boss babe or some nonsense. And also just to get the work out there, you kind of have to do the capitalistic hustle thing. Is that a weird thing for you to mentally yeah. engage with? It's so weird. It's so weird. Well, especially when you're like, especially when you're, not not that I'm not confident in my writing and the work, but I'm also like, I, th- this is my first book. I, I don't have like the skin in the game yet of mm. where like people have read my stuff and they're like, okay, yes, we already know how she works, her writing style. We're going to buy it. But I'm here I am asking people who just know me from social media, like, yes, buy my book. You're going to love it, um, you know, based on because I love it. Right. And, and so it's like, it is so weird. It's so weird to put yourself out there and market 
the book and yourself when only a few people granted they're very trusted people but have read it and Mm -hmm. um so I constantly battle with this this need to market and and push my book because I do want it to do well most honestly because I want to see more books like this on the shelves Mm -hmm. I want all I want all like the Latina characters just right there on the shelves Mm -hmm. and and so I'm willing to do whatever it takes to sell enough books so that publishers see that there is this market of people are like Mm -hmm. okay yes we can keep publishing these books um Mm -hmm. so like I'm willing to do whatever it takes for anybody for any author like BIPOC author queer author like I'm ready to boost and just so we get more Mm. um so that's why I like push my books so hard because I want to be worth this investment that people Mm. have put into me um uh, you know, so like this Joy Revolution is the imprint that Sinner's Isle is being sold under. And it is run by Nicola and David Yoon, who are like powerhouses in the publishing industry. And this is their first year out the gate. This is their inaugural year. And I my book is like one of five or six that they are. Yes, I know. And so like I want to be everything for them because it's such a huge thing for them and I just want to like I just want to do whatever I can um but it is a weird feeling because also no no one's read my stuff and so uh, yeah I (laughs) I'm beclumped because it's hard it is a hard thing where um where I don't know how to like come to terms with with it and i do interestingly enough like i do have a film and tv agent um like they they have you know are already like working on pushing the book to possibly who knows what i mean you know i'm not gonna like get my hopes up because it's this world is much bigger than me but um so there's all these things in the works but but also I keep like coming back to this is weird. (laughs) So it's, I, I honestly get really like flustered about it because I think until it really does get out into the world or at least like the arcs, the E arcs start getting out into people's hands and, and I really can see what other people think about it and if they're as excited about it as we are at joy revolution then i could be like okay yes everybody buy this mm. because at least five people really like it you know what i mean so i i, I yeah it flusters me it really does. for sure yeah no of course um well i guess in early november i'll do my best to uh you know oddly enough i think my following mostly people who would read YA romance like I think perfect yeah so I'll, I'll do my best you know I'll just be like y'all I read it it's dope get it that's it that's all yeah. I need right there yeah I've, I'm a great book talk influencer <laughs> yeah 
hey, I believe you. I believe you. Oh man, it's it's funny. Like it is really funny to me because like my following and sort of like the branding around me as a person doesn't always match the person that like like my uh, what my brother was like who the fuck is this like he's like looking at my tiktok he's like who is this guy <laughs> not because i'm like being fake but just because like he's seeing how people are re- responding to me and then i'm like yeah. well i gotta respond back kind of thing he's like this is not a side of you that comes out often and it's like if you look at my analytics on tiktok it is hysterically female like that is awesome it's like 90 percent female and then youtube and literally everywhere else it, it it's the opposite but it's just really funny to me that like my biggest platform is mostly like older not older but like i guess like 35 to 45 year old bisexual women were probably love white it. yeah that's great you know <laughs> i love that <laughs> i know who i appeal to it's fine yes you do yeah. yes you do and they would love sinner's isle <laughs> they would love it yes they would eat it up this podcast is mostly mostly male listeners but guys get it for your girlfriends please, please do a, they a, love it read it yourselves take notes probably mm-hmm. although it is YA, so i don't know how steamy it is but you know take notes yeah, guys the I best agree. way to be a good boyfriend is to read what women want not from other men but from women okay speaking the truth you are hitting every nail on the head be the read. best bookish boyfriend you can be okay yes, yes. preach it yeah I'm what you might call a cross between a rascal and a cinnamon roll, guys. And it's worked for me. Beautiful. Perfect. I love it. I would probably end up dying at the end of the series, but that's okay because it'll break their hearts. Yes. Yes. Everybody loves a good, sad, you know, a a character kill off. I mean, got to have it. Yeah, it's good. The yeah. role is always in danger. And the rascal yeah. too. Really. Yeah, that's how I know I would get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's pro- it was probably deserved. Maybe. I mean, my hope is that like if it were at the end of the series and I were like near right before the climactic battle or whatever, my hope uh, is that I would die with like a good joke, but because it's so sad that I'm dying, it's not funny. You yes. know? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. I have I have a character that I think you're gonna like because Ooh. something similar. Okay. 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 Talk yeah. to me, but don't actually because I don't want any spoilers. Had not say, but yeah, you probably actually can't say. It. Yeah. <laughs> he's a he's from the five people that have read it. He's everyone's favorite character. So. I um. So I've outlined. I'm going to indie publish a fantasy trilogy after my poetry books are kind of like, I want to put out the two more collections that I've already written before I put all the money into these fantasy books. Right. But I've outlined them and I've got like the rough draft of the first one. Right. And so because I was like, I don't know if this actually makes any sense 
I've just like sat down a few friends and told them what's going to happen the entire series. So before nice. they've even read it, which maybe that was foolish, but this is what I had to do because I don't have an agent. I, you know, I got to do things different. Um, so before they've even read it, they've picked their favorite character. And I've had like four people <laughs> beg me. It's like, can you not do this to him? And I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I have to. And mm -hmm. I take no pleasure in it. And they're like, I don't believe that you take no pleasure in it. And I'm like, no, for real. It it breaks my heart. And it hurts me more than it hurts him. And they're like, you're lying. And I'm like, I am lying. I can't wait for all y'all yeah. to just text me, you bastard, or something like that. Abs that is author goals right there, <laughs> is to get a text message with someone cursing you out. It's It's the best. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Like, I just, I can't wait for, you know, 2027, people just DMing me, like, you motherfucker with, like, a dragon emoji or something. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. And you're just going to be there just cackling maniacally, just. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Marie, yeah. if you're listening, don't worry, it's it's going to be fine. He's fine. <laughs> He's okay. He's not okay. No, no, Marie, don't worry. It's cool. Oh, man. It's I'm excited. Yeah, I'm I'm excited too. Um, and then like I'm not getting movie deals or whatever because I don't think indie books really ever have that. Never. I think uh, Fifty Shades of Grey was an indie book originally, and Aragon. I think they were both. Well, all right then. Books. I mean, I didn't like the Aragon movie, so. Yeah, yeah, I I know I I shouldn't have brought it up, but no, you it's know fine. it's fine. But it was indie. I, I believe originally it was indie. So. That's yeah, there's been a few projects like that. Actually, my favorite fantasy series, the Burning series by Evan Winter, was originally an indie book, and then it got picked up by Orbit, I think. Ah, okay. Orbit always, yeah. I, Orbit's a good one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Find them. Yeah, I guess like it just never occurred to me to query or something like that. And then I think by the time I knew what it was and what the whole process was, I was like, that sounds like it's going to take a long time. I'm not patient enough, you know, because it's like... Um, forever. Hmm? Forever. It takes forever with, with trad publishing. It really yeah. Well, I I was listening to your uh, most recent episode of, of the publishing persuasion today. And... The way y'all were talking about just how long it takes, I was like, yeah, I don't have the patience for this, um, especially the like not knowing because, you know, agents and editors and other stuff they have other projects and lives of their own. I'm like, nah, can't no, mm -mm. nah. It's a lot. It's so much, and and you have no control. And so I think that's why like some people will do so well in indie versus trad because losing that control is is really hard for me it's not like i need someone to hold my hand <laughs> i need help <laughs> damn it and so that's why i knew i needed to go that way um because i just i knew i i need the help i need a hand um a gentle caress you know i need all of those things and so that's why i went that way i don't think and, agents are supposed to do that though what's that i don't think agents oh, no. are supposed to like caress you that's not yeah. that's a not virtual it. a virtual caress of it's okay angela oh a consoling pat okay okay yeah. that's much yeah. less no creepy. no no actual ones but um 
but yeah, I needed, I needed that. And, uh, so, and I don't often actually still get that to be mm. honest, <laughs> Shame because they're still really harsh. Um, but I, but you know, having the editor and having so many eyes on my work was what I really, really needed because mm. I am messy. So my writing, my grammar, it's messy. Mm. And so I needed that. Yeah, I, it's funny what I've heard from a lot of, like what I've observed of a lot of like indie authors is that they don't really acknowledge those weaknesses sometimes. Mm -hmm. And this is a bit of a generalization. So if you're an indie author and you're listening to this for some reason, um, I'm probably not talking about you. Um, <laughs> But like I've seen a lot of like because I've watched a lot of like reviews on YouTube and stuff like that. I've seen these people like, yeah, I just did the self edits maybe and then I put it out. Right. And that had me like kind of stunned because I'm like, you know, uh, my main background, I guess, is music. Right. So it's like you couldn't just put an album out that hasn't been mixed and you. Yeah probably wouldn't mix it yourself probably and if you mixed it yourself you probably had it mastered by someone else you know what i mean like in music it's very like rare that someone does it all themselves so I'm, in my head i'm like oh yeah books are pretty much the same thing and then i have I, i'm seeing people just like yeah i wrote it and then i put it out you know didn't even format it and i'm like damn yeah it's ballsy <laughs> And then you're mad that people don't recognize your brilliance. It's like you put out like unprocessed work for them. That's low key yeah. kind of rude. And so like, I don't know what my prose writing foibles are. Foibles, he says. Oh my goodness. I hate that I said that. Shut up, mom. Get out of me. Um, <laughs> Cause like in my poetry, you know, I can just do like a lot. Like there's so few rules in contemporary poetry that it's like, no one's really been like, this guy does these weird grammatic things or whatever because my poetry collections are written so that it sounds like how I speak. Mm, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So if I take a pause in the poem when I perform it, there's a break in the line kind of thing. And people kind of get that sense of my rhythm. And that's great. But then when it comes to like just plain old, plain old, but just like prose, I don't know what my weaknesses are but i'm looking forward to somebody smarter than me telling me i don't know if they're smarter than me but they're more versed in this thing right you know right yeah that's it right yeah no and that's why i like beta readers for me have been such a godsend of just mm. you know because they all have sorry if my dog is going crazy but it's fine they all have their own things that they can see differently than you you know yeah. their own perspectives and backgrounds and um, you know, one might be a expert on piracy. And so they're looking at something differently. So, you know, it's like all these different things. That's why I love having all these eyes yeah. on it because so many different things that I would never notice. And um, so it's, you know, the more eyes, the better, I yeah. think. And yeah, sometimes, sometimes I think people are so anxious to just get their stuff out there. Yeah. But really what I've learned is like pulling back and being patient 
yeah. really does benefit you in the long run. And, mm-hmm. you know, giving yourself time to have these extra passes where you're not just publishing. Yeah. Right off. For sure. Yeah. This is some good publishing advice. We've talked about managing hectic schedules. We've talked about representation, man. We've, we've gone a lot of different places. This is good. I'm enjoying this. This is great. Um, this is like the first time we we've ever like spoken, yeah. you know, in real time. So this is always a risk. Cause sometimes I'm like, Oh no, what if, what if yeah. they like don't like me or something? And then the conversation's kind of whack. Yeah. Well, totally. Every time we're about to get on for our podcast, yeah, it's like 30 seconds of nerves where you're like, Oh gosh, this could go really bad and really awkward. And then usually it's fine, but you know. From the ones that I've listened to, everyone sounds so pleasant, you know? Like, I would almost think that everyone in the publishing industry was polite just based off of like the people that you've had on that have, that have heard, you know? Yes. Well, I, I, let me, insider knowledge, I choose just about all of our guests until a lot of them I'm like, if I see someone that I'm like, they sound cool. That's who I use. I mean, yeah, we have publicists that reach out to us and we'll have people that we don't necessarily know on the show, but a lot okay. of them, I'm just like, they look nice. They have something to say. Okay. Let's try and get them. I on. see where and this cool. is going. And sure. I would love to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <You're next. laughs> so I'm just messing with you. No, uh, that, Oh man, that's, I hate when people invite themselves, you know, it's like, Oh, we're going out to eat. Yeah, I'll come. And it's like, well, no, there's no room for you in the car. Oh, Uber, it's fine. You know, I, I don't like that dude. And then sometimes I make <laughs> those jokes in reference to podcasts and people, then I become that dude for podcasts. I hate that. Like um, just avoiding you, like looking up. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I never want to be online the same time as that guy now, which is hard to do because it's the internet. Um, yeah, we're all on. Yeah, no. Uh, do you want to talk about your podcast just a little bit more, just in case listeners are curious? Because I've referenced it as if they know what it is, but didn't really explain it. Should, but if they don't, it's um, it's called of the publishing persuasion, and um, it's with my friend Melanie Schubert, who is a just an amazing friend. Um, and she, I crack up often just talking to her. I mean, she's so wise. She's so special and magical, um, but she's also Australian. And so I love just listening to her talk. I like she. So we just recorded an episode and we haven't aired it yet, but she was saying her favorite song was WAP. And but she said it as WAP. And I was like, what is WAP? And I was trying to like figure this out and I was just dying. And she's like, you know, WAP. And I'm like, what is this? And so she, she wrapped it, and that's so good. Was I can't wait to hear that. Yes, it. I, I hope we win an award. But anyway, um, the show is basically just this, where we just have conversations with fellow writers or people in the publishing industry. We have agents on. We've had an editor on. Um, I'm trying to think what else we've had coaches on like writer coaches and, and, you know, just kind of digging into the behind the scenes of the publishing world. And so we like to ask authors, you know, just about their journeys and, you know, their whys 
why they do it. And yeah. so it's been really, really fun. And, um, and we started, I don't even know how long ago, maybe a year and a half ago. And it was just this thing we were just going to do randomly, maybe once a month we'll get together. And then it just morphed into almost weekly. We're getting together and interviewing these guests. And so it's been just really, really exciting and, um, and building this community around writers and creatives. Mm -hmm. And so it's been special. It's been really special. Yeah, no, for sure. It's, um, it's a really fun show from what I've listened to and I've learned a lot. Um, and in that it's like, I don't know how to explain it. This is, this is a positive thing at the end, but it's not going to sound like it. (laughs) So, I listened to like two or three episodes. I was really doubting every one of my life choices as far as like, maybe I should just scrap this whole novel idea. Fuck this. It's going to be like, I can't financially afford this many rounds of edits myself, but I don't want you know, I'm just like going nuts. And then I kept listening because I was like, I need to feel like I'm part of a conversation at work because I work alone and I hate my yeah. job. Um, I hate one of my jobs. My other job, I love so, so much. Um, And then I think by the fifth episode, I was like, I have made all the right decisions that are going to work for me. And perhaps my books won't be as polished as some like traditionally published ones, but that's okay. I'm not a polished dude. Like I think if I came out with a polished product, people would be like, who the fuck is this dude? This is your brother. No, my, br- <laughs> my brother is so funny because like he and I are very similar except for how we come across. Um, and so in that, he's really good at keeping me pretty honest. So there's been a few times where he's like read something that I've written and he's just like, hey man, um, that's a really good impression of Andrea Gibson. And I'm like, whoa, hey, you're right. Got you. Yeah. He, dragged you. he dragged you. <laughs> yeah, he got he gets me, you know, like it's it's good to have people in your corner that keep you honest, even when yeah. you don't realize you're maybe not being honest. You know. That's absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, no, I feel like we've covered a lot of ground yeah. and we've been going for a yeah. minute. I'm, I'm honestly seeing my uh batteries. She's she's hanging in, but she's wow. She she know she knew she was like, no no I gotta yeah. let this kid have his podcast. Um, okay, so I have a couple of questions for you. What's a story about yourself that you used to believe that you don't anymore? Hmm. Um, that's a really good question. I. I honestly, I'm trying to think, I think honestly would be that, like I said before, how I was um, annoying <laughs> and, you know, it's so like, I would always try to pull back on those things and like conform into being who I thought people, sh- I wanted me to be. Mm-hmm. And so I don't believe that story anymore. Yes. Maybe I am annoying still, but, but I'm, I'm me and it's, I'm happy just being free in that sense and so that's the story i i no longer choose to listen to which is like 
you aren't you aren't like I don't know like you're too much or or not enough and so I'm just who I am and I think mm. it's it's really really good place and I'm you know still working on it always yeah. but um but it's the story I'm choosing to say bye bitch to mm-hmm. dope I mean some people may find you annoying but I feel like even more people probably find you endearing <laughs> dare yeah. I say charming I'm, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. I give a lot of compliments, you know, just, just fair warning. You know, I just do that sometimes, <laughs> you know? Okay. Uh, and then similar question, but a little bit different. If you could go back in time and talk to a younger version of yourself could be, you know, it could be you're 21. So I guess like could be 15 could yeah, be, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> could be 10 could be five whatever uh what age would you go and talk to and what's one thing you would tell them hey don't fret about blank Ooh. um i honestly i'd probably just like even just going back five years from now or 10 years from now because I, I, I think it's always the same thing that i'll always struggle with and it's just like to not hold back mm, you know yeah. like i always because i worry about a lot of things or like you get anxious about a lot of things so i hold back and so yeah. i would i wanted actually i can just go back like five minutes <laughs> and i'd like to tell her like don't hold back like what's the point you know why not live the life that like who knows what could come if you didn't hold back and you just yeah. let yourself explore yeah. and, um, and be open to whatever wants to come. And, you know, so I, I constantly pull back and want to be safe about all these things, mm -hmm. but it, it just leads to being bored. Mm -hmm. And so why not explore? And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'm just thinking of like a, an actual thing where my family was sledding. Or like just going down these things and I was like, nope. <laughs> uh, I see that there is a thing at the end I could possibly run into. Mm. And knowing me, I will. And so I didn't. And 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 maybe if I did, it would have been fun and I probably would have been fine. So maybe. Maybe. Or I might have crashed. But we'll never know because I didn't do it. Right. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you being on the Don't Fret podcast. If people want to say what's up on the social medias, it's just Angela Montoya author everywhere. Underscore author. Yeah. Under Most on and Instagram and TikTok, it's Angela Montoya underscore author. Where? And those are the two main places okay. where I'm at. Yeah. 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 Definitely follow her on TikTok, fellas. You know, busting out the funky fresh dance moves. And yes. the good comedy bits. So definitely say what's up. Um, so thank you all for listening to this week's episode of the Don't Fret Podcast. She's been Angela Montoya. I've been regular old D Fretter. Y'all have a good rest of your week. Be safe and be smooth. Peace out. <laughs>